Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing this hey, morning? Hey, Jason. I'm doing great. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. I'm <laughs> excited. It's, uh, you know, got a lot of football to watch today. So, you know, oh, I think we should focus on some absolutely. asset protection first. But uh, this is one you of my know, favorite days of the year. Well, you know, there's there's probably a lot of uh, ladies out there who are in mourning <laughs> uh, as it relates to it being uh, really the start of the college football season. And, of course, the NFL starts next weekend for real. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, there are a, a lot of uh, uh, football widows out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what, one of the things that I appreciate about this, this show is, is that uh, I, I, my show ends at noon so that uh, it's before any of the uh, games Perfect timing, start. Bill. It's really a, a pretty good time for folks to listen. So that's that's one of my fortunate uh, situations, um, and and it's one that I appreciate very much. So that you know, I give kudos to WPTF on on that. We uh, try allowing Bill. me to do. We that. try. I, I hope that. Uh, my show justifies its placement uh, in the lineup. Let's put it that way. Yeah, pregame with Bill Alexander. That's that's <laughs> what we encourage everyone Well, it's to hardly do. that because uh, I hope the fellas out there are listening too. And, of course, there are a lot of ladies out there who love football too. So they're, they're, they're not the uh, widows, but uh, there are an awful lot of widows out there. So. Yeah, there certainly are. Uh, well, Bill, let's get down to business here. And one of the things that we wanted to focus on is, you know, your focus is more on life planning instead of death planning. Uh, but also along with that, when someone's thrown into a situation that they haven't been to before, they're relying a lot on someone for advice usually, and it's it's hard to know where to turn. Well, that's true. Now, truthfully, life planning uh, is extraordinarily important. And death planning is important too. Um, they're equally important. It's just that our focus for me, the focus for me is uh, life planning and controlling, in essence, uh, what happens when you die, controlling things during your lifetime, controlling things at your death uh, to the degree that you think it's appropriate. Um, so that, to me, is a very important concept because it's important um, – it's important to my clients. I mean, I just don't have that many clients that say, well, I don't care what happens. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to me during my life. It doesn't, have, doesn't matter what happens, uh, uh, who gets what when I die. I just don't care. I'm just going to die and go away, and who cares? You know, those are not my clients. <laughs> so, and, I, and I would, you know, all of us, at least in my opinion, need advice. You know, the best attorneys need advice. The best CPAs need advice. Uh, the best financial planners need advice. I mean, we all need advice because there's none of us who know everything. You know, we none of us uh, know what we don't know. <laughs> so, you know, I talk about that frequently. Uh, but it's important for all of us, no matter how smart we are, no matter how much education we have or how much we read, uh, we all can use good advice. My, my dad, you know, uh, used to tell my mom, Myrtle, you read too much. <laughs> Because <laughs> she would, she would come in and talk about everything she's read, and it was, you know, truthfully, just because you read it, 
particularly today with the internet, where uh, so much is scammed and and or slanted or whatever, it's hard to know what to believe anymore. But the truth is, is that just because it's written down somewhere doesn't mean it's true. So. Uh, all of us need help in terms of sorting through all of the information because all of us have information overload. Uh, I mean, uh, so much is available. So we really do need help sorting through to to know what's real and what's important to us. And uh, we have to have a system in place a value system as well as an educational system or whatever it is in terms to, to understand how to sort through all of that information that's that's thrown to us. I mean, truthfully, that's why we ignore a whole lot of stuff because we know it's just chafe, or at least I hope we're ignoring an awful lot of it. So that's because it's important for us to be able to filter through the garbage that's thrown at us uh, every day. Uh, and it can be pretty difficult to do. So um, so for those folks who be- believe that they know enough to where they don't need advice, uh, uh, they can do everything themselves without any problem at all, and when they go to a lawyer, they're going to tell the lawyer exactly what they want in their will. They're not going to take any advice. They're just going to say, do this, 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 and I'll be happy and I'll be fine. Um Oh, and the same thing with the CPA. Fill my taxes out this way, and and don't don't give me any advice. Don't do it another way. Do it this way because I know how I want my taxes filled out, or I know how to best save taxes for myself. I don't need any consulting on that. Or uh, and and when it comes to investing, I don't really need a financial advisor to tell me what to do I, or ha- to help me, even though all the studies show that those folks with a good financial advisor over time end up with a large percentage that's greater than those who try to do it alone. Uh, you know, So it, it really comes down to those folks who don't think that advice is valuable to them or that they can't afford it, those, what I'm going to say this morning, may not make any sense to them at all because they'd say, well, that's not me. I don't need that. But for those folks who appreciate advice and uh, appreciate, where do you get your advice? And the, the real key for me is where the center of that advice should be. Um, and... So from my perspective, who or what types of advisors should all of us appreciate? And from my perspective, uh, all of us should appreciate advice from our CPAs and accountants. You know, I don't have a – I've never had a client (laughs) that had made any money at all uh, who wasn't concerned about taxes? You know, they want to reduce taxes, and they want uh, to pay the little, the the least amount of tax that they can legally pay. <laughs> well, that takes that takes a good tax advisor, and that normally comes in the form of a CPA or enrolled agent or accountant who's experienced and and actually can. Uh, give good advice. Well, uh, obviously, a financial advisor, same thing. Uh, 
And of course, like all professionals, some are much better than others. Uh, but all of us could do well to have a, a good financial advisor. Yes, there is some cost to it. Um, but at the same time, the, the studies are pretty clear that those folks who who actually have a good financial advisor over time do far better than those who don't. Um, and, and then I'll throw in another one that where we all need um, uh, advice, and that's from our pastor. Okay, now I didn't say preacher because, <laughs> you know, truthfully among uh, – and it may not be uh, at your church that I'm talking about or synagogue – but it's uh, who keeps us grounded in terms of our values and our faith and the like. And it might be your pastor. You know, truthfully, most ministers come in one of two flavors. They either are really good preachers or they are really good pastors. And a, a pastor may not be your preacher. It may be your therapist or it could be your spouse or it could be – a best friend that can you confide in, you know, those kinds of things. But it's all of us really need somebody that uh, we can confide in and that can give us good advice as it relates to our life and our values and, and our hopes and dreams and those kinds and fears and things like that. And then the last, of course, is an estate planning attorney or elder law planning attorney with the emphasis on planning. You know, if you uh, have, um, if you go to a lawyer and just say, "I want a will," and it's like, "Okay, who's in your family? Where do you want your property to go?" And all right, here's your will. If if that's that's not planning, that's document preparation, and that's not what I'm talking. That's not what I do in my practice. My practice is all about family dynamics and how do we. Uh, want to, you know, how do we get you the result and achieve your goals with your family? And there are a lot of different ways to do it. Every family's a different puzzle. And yes, we do use many of the same tools for each family, but they result in different results, if you will. So it's, it's, um, it's really a lot of fun for me, but it's uh, how that all – so th- when we come back, and I know we have to take a break, I really want to talk about how that fits together for folks. Yeah, it's more of a craft custom appro- approach as opposed to a cookie cutter, you know, this is here, – here it is. This is what you get. So we'll talk more about that right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about who to turn to for advice. And you were going over your approach to life planning and how that's different from other attorneys. Exactly. And and I think it's so important. Important, you know, not everyone is fortunate enough to have all four of those blocks filled in in terms of having advice uh, from an from a CPA or accountant, having advice from 
uh, a financial advisor, having advice from your pastor, and having advice from your legal planner. Uh, uh, but truthfully, all of us need each one of those blocks filled in. That's really key to having good life planning for all of us. Um, and it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum <laughs> of, of rich or poor or, or middle class or, or high-end wealth or whatever it is. It's, it, uh, each one of those blocks applies to us in one form or fashion. So what I want – I mean, this may sound like no-brainer kind of stuff, but most of us don't think about it in the way that I'm uh, discussing it this morning. And I think we do need to think about it in this way. So let's let's take um, each one separately. Number one is our CPA. Well, all like I said, all of us want to save on our income and estate uh, taxes. Uh, now there are not many of us that have to worry about estate taxes at this point. Estate taxes are death taxes, and and truthfully, most states, uh, including North Carolina, have done away with their inheritance tax. Uh, but there are some states out there that still have either an estate or inheritance tax. But the estate tax that most of us are referring to is federal, and the exemption is really high right now. So if if you're not a high net worth family, and because the exemption today is $11.4 million, which means, and if you're married, that you can double that, to, you know, so that gives you over $20 million of exemption. Now, the exemption's coming down in six and a half years to $5.6 million, but that saves almost all of us, too, So, because <laughs> you can double that if you're married. So there you go. Okay. Now, so it's not a state tax. It has mostly to do with income tax, but nobody wants to pay the maximum income tax. We all want our, the most deductions that we can get. But what I'm getting at is that your CPA is simply fo- focused on preparing your taxes and maybe giving you tax advice. You know, unfortunately, uh, at least in my experience, and I've been around a long time, is that most accountants and CPAs prepare your taxes for you based on what you did the previous year, but rarely do you get tax advice going forward. In other words, you need to – now, some – the better ones will actually say, well, you know, based on these, you could save money if you change things around next year and did this or that. Uh, That could save you a whole lot of money next year. And that's what you hope for from your CPA, and that is the kind of CPA I would want to work with personally. But the focus there is – all on your taxes and how to save. Well, obviously, if you save money on your taxes, that gives you a lot more money to invest on the other side with your financial advisor or or to be able to do what, what you need to do financially uh, in terms of savings or investing. But the, the thing is, is should the tax tail wag the dog? In other words, should all of your planning center around saving taxes? Well, truthfully, no. The, the taxes are important, but it shouldn't be – it shouldn't control what you want to do. What, what are your hopes, fears, dreams, 
for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren. Taxes is just one part of the overall thing, and and so that's where that's the area where your accountant stays. They're not going to tell you how to live your life. Okay, now. Same thing with the financial advisor. The financial advisor's focus now, and, and one of the things that really uh, gets next to me to some degree is that many financial advisors hold themselves out as being able to do your estate planning or to give you a plan. But the fact is that financial advisors' plan is simply how do you plan to save taxes and grow your wealth. Well, again, I mean, see, to me, that's not estate planning. That's financial planning, not estate planning, not life planning. Their financial advisor's focus should be on how do you how do you grow your wealth? And again, for most of us, particularly seniors, the equation is more on the line of how do we protect our wealth? And that's where most financial advisors fall down, unfortunately, because they, they, they're more than happy to tell you when to buy, but they rarely tell you when to sell. <laughs> so most advisors just say, stay in the market, stay in the market, stay in the market, no matter what. And so, but the point is you have to understand that a financial advisor's focus is how to grow your wealth over time, not how to live your life. Uh, not necessarily how to save taxes or the like. And, and most financial advisors know very little about income tax or the rest of the things that are important in your life. And, okay, so then you come to the pastor in your life. And like I said, that could be your spouse. It could be the minister at church. It could be your best friend. It could be a lot of different people. It could be your therapist. <laughs> but it's really, it's the person who keeps you grounded in terms of family values um, and um you know, what is important in my life? You know, what is it that motivates me? What is it that um, uh, that gets me up in the morning? Because uh, it, it's, it's not just earning a paycheck. It's not – nobody likes filing their taxes. Uh, it's, it's, um, it, it's really what's important about my life. And, you know, so the, the, that pastor's role – no matter who it is, is an extraordinarily important role uh, for all of us, uh, but it doesn't put it together. So that leaves one person left that should be in the center standing with you during your lifetime and also to be there for your family during the transition of wealth uh, at your death. And that should be your estate planner, because hopefully, and it, and again, that's the lawyer who's uh, with the emphasis on planning as opposed to the emphasis on documents. And that's why I've always said that a good planner needs to work with the financial advisor, needs to work with the CPA to make sure your plan works. And the problem is, is that the CPA 
can, uh, you know, has to understand the legal plan that you've created, and the financial advisor has to make sure that whatever they do is consistent with your legal plan as well. And it's rare when you have a financial advisor who actually works directly with your accountant, and oftentimes financial advisor has no clue about the tax code or how all of that stuff works or it fits together. And your planner, your your le- your legal planner, needs to understand financial matters in terms of your investments and and those kind of things, and also how to make sure that your beneficiary designations are created, how your money is left, uh, how it's designated during your lifetime, and to be able to work with the tax code and with your accountant, needs to be able to speak the same language as your accountant. Well, that's actually the role of an estate planning attorney who should be very familiar with the tax code because obviously that's what we're doing. Now, if you don't care where your money goes and your property goes at your death, then okay, maybe this is less important. But my clients tend to uh, have a nice estate and they want to protect their spouse. They want to protect their children and they want to save taxes, and they, and also importantly, they want their values, their family values and virtues to be extended to the next generation and hopefully to the, to the next generation after that and, and on. And that requires planning. And so the, the focus that I'm really saying is that it should not be your financial advisor who's in that center role. It should not be your accountant, nor should it be your pastor. Uh, but all three are important cogs. All three of them have uh, advice that's essential to your life. But putting it all together really should come from your estate planning attorney or your elder law attorney. Because truthfully, uh, all seniors should be going to an elder law attorney rather than just one who's an estate planner and not. And of course, um, that uh, sounds self-serving coming from me because that's what we do, but it's the kind of thing where from my perspective, if you really put it into focus, that planner should be the one who's con- who is um, uh, ha- has that relationship with your financial advisor, has the relationship with your accountant, um, a- and can appreciate the values that you're bringing to the table, uh, and can put it all together where um, your, your planning results in a trust or plan or will-based plan that contributes to what you're really trying to do for yourself and your family. Yeah, having that conductor or that person there to organize it is so important. And if you're looking for someone, uh, I might want to recommend the three-time North Carolina Elder Law Attorney of the Year. That's Bill Alexander. You can call his office if you want to schedule an appointment. It's 919-256-7000. 7000 is the phone number to schedule an appointment with Bill. You can also go online to wgalaw.com, wgalaw.com. 
www.assetprotectiontoday.com. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander. And thank you so much for joining us. A reminder, if you want to find more about Bill, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That is Bill's website. From there, you can find more information about him and his services. You can also register for September's seminars. There's three wonderful seminars that Bill puts on the second Wednesday of every month, and there's still plenty of time to register for the September seminar. Again, just go online to WGALaw.com. It's free to register, so check it out. Uh, well, Bill, we're going to shift gears here, so <laughs> let's keep plowing along. Well, it, it, it may have surprised listeners um, that I focused on the fact that all of us need advice from a pastor of sorts. Uh, but I'm, I'm very much focused on the fact that plans that we put in place needs to be value-based plans. In other words, it's not your plan shouldn't be sterile. Uh, it should be laced with what's imp- what what do you value? What are you trying to accomplish with your life? And those values don't necessarily have anything to do with how much money you have or how much property you have, although it can relate because money is a uh, how we value money <laughs> is important, but for most of us, money is not the sole thing in life. It's important, but you know, as I've said in the past, money has can have its dark side as well. For for those uh, who have very little money, they they don't see the dark side of money. But those who have a good bit of money uh, obviously worry about how their money might negatively affect their family, and those things are important as well. And and so, what I'm really getting at is that any good plan that you put in place with your attorney should uh, have your values written through it. Uh, in terms of how you want things to be during your lifetime. And uh, if you become disabled, that should be part of your plan. Uh, and then what about uh, when you're gone? Uh, how, we, how are we taking care of our spouse and our children and our grandchildren? Uh, and in what way? Do we put incentives um, into our planning? So, can, Or can we? Absolutely, you can. If if that's a focus that's helpful to you, absolutely, you can put incentives into a good plan. Um, uh, now, the the reason, the, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was uh, a few weeks ago I talked about parallel inheritance, and parallel inheritance actually be being about those values and where do they come into your planning and how do they come into your planning. And and it's really two pieces. Number one, they sh- need to be discussed during the planning stage in terms of your values and what you're trying to accomplish, which has everything to do with your hopes and your fears and your dreams for yourself and your family. And then it also is a layer of 
on top of your financial plan, your legal plan, and your uh, tax planning, which it all needs to come together in, in one place. And some of it is actually layered on top of your estate plan. So it's basically throughout the plan, but it's also another level on top. And I read an article in the AARP magazine uh, from Jane Bryant Quinn, uh, which was talking about a letter to remember. And what she was writing about is totally consistent uh, with um, with parallel and inheritance. And uh, so I would re- refer folks to – now, she writes about money and finances and things like that. But she was talking about how important uh, this concept is. Um, uh, th- there uh, is also a, a relatively new book out from uh, that was uh, written by a friend of mine, Stan Miller, uh, who's an estate planning attorney, elder law attorney from Arkansas, from Little Rock, and I've known Stan for 30 years at least. Uh, and he's he's talking about your American legacy, and it, it, and that's the name of his book, and and um, it talks about these concepts as well. So I would certainly refer folks to Stan's book. But what uh, Jane Bryant Quinn is talking about are letters that one should write to family members. And it has everything to do with um, uh, how to leave things with your family. And it's all about values-based planning. And what she's talking about uh, is that an awful lot of folks leave this world with lots of regrets, lots of regrets about not telling the folks we love that we love them. Uh, not in a, in a way that we can. And, and what Jane has said in the article, which is so true, is it's not too late to write a letter. A- and those letters can be very valuable. And this goes directly into the same thing that, that I have been talking about as it relates to parallel inheritance, which is this is the part that's important that has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with relationships and with values and with, uh, with families because, truthfully, most families do have problems. We're complex. Uh, we've <laughs> we have falling out with our children and with our spouses and with friends and and sometimes we never get back together. We we don't apologize, which is a horrible mistake for most of us. And we have regrets that we didn't keep up with people, or we have regrets that you know people whom we are really meaningful to us that we didn't get to say to them what we really had hoped to say. And, and what Jane is saying in her article is real simple. It's not too late to put pen to paper and uh, be able to write letters to the folks who have been meaningful to us over our lifetime or at one time in our life uh, and to be able to tell them that. Um, and, and for some, it, it may be – it may have to start with an apology about not keeping up or it might be an apology about something you said or something that you did that you might have forgiven them years ago for it uh, or you you hope to be forgiven for what you did, but that how special these folks are to you. And 
you know, I, I guess part of this, you know, because a lot of folks would, will know that last this past June, I went to my 50th high school reunion. Boy, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? But actually, it was a wonderful event, and it and, and it was allowed me to reacquaint with so many folks who were special to me way back when that I failed to keep up with. And it was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I keep up with some of these folks who were who meant a lot to me back then? And it it uh, I guess as we get older, uh, you know, these things really come to mind and we need somebody to knock us on the head and say you know get get on it buddy <laughs> you know and so but what i'm getting at is this um the letters to be able to acknowledge to folks you know you were important to me and why you were important to me and and the fact that i regret this or i apologize for that these letters can be really meaningful to the family members uh, and friends um, that when you're gone, you're gone. You know, now I've also mentioned about the fact that family stories are important to preserve uh, and that this is not the same thing, but it certainly goes into the same line. So um, I, I do think that values are extremely important in our planning concepts. Yeah, something that we should all think about in all walks of life, but that's a wonderful uh, exercise to perform, Bill, writing those letters, and I think a lot of people would find value in that. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Go online to find more about Bill, WGALaw.com. That's the website, WGALaw.com. And Bill, we're going to be talking about uh, a situation that hopefully not too many folks relate to, but I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, more than would like to admit do. And that's that's what happens if you don't have documents, legal documents in your estate plan. Well, no, no question about it. And, and uh, you might be surprised, but uh, at least half the folks out there do not have any documents at all. So clearly those folks are folks who think they're going to live forever uh, and nothing bad is ever going to happen and they're going to be healthy until the day they die, if they die ever. Uh, and so they really don't need any planning whatsoever and they'll never need anyone to make help them make decisions or write checks for them or do anything for them because they'll always be able to do everything for themselves. They'll always be in control period and they don't need anybody okay so but uh, you know it's it's amazing and and even those folks to, who have documents you, do you, I think I've asked you about this before but do you know how long it is that most people wait but in terms of seeing a good uh, state planning attorney to have uh, their plans drawn if I remember, it's in the double digits. Oh, it's about 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And so, frankly, that's not a good thing. And, of course, it it can work for younger people. But as you get older, those 20 years should be compressed significantly. 
Uh, and there are even some families that should see their planner every year uh, just to make sure everything is in order the way it should be. But most families don't need quite that much, but it's, it's the kind of thing where it's important. So what happens if you don't have documents, which is where a lot of folks are? Well, if you or a loved one should become incapacitated and have no documents whatsoever, um, then in essence, you have not appointed a trusted person to take care of things on your behalf. Now, for some married people uh, who have a trusted spouse and they have everything held jointly, they might be able to pay their bills uh, without any problem, okay, because the spouse hopefully is still okay and can write those checks and those kinds of things. But the problem is is that in almost every instance, uh, there comes a time where when one is incompetent, even when they're married, that they can't do what they need to do. Um, and uh, so... For instance, uh, and it could be as simple as the fact that you're incompetent and now the spouse can't even tell the IRA custodian to send more money to be able to pay the medical expenses from the loved one's retirement account because there's no direction to the custodian and the loved one can't do it and the spouse doesn't have any authority to do it. So then the the what the family must do is go to court and have a guardianship and so that you have to apply to the clerk superior court in North Carolina uh, to become a guardian uh, you have to go to the doctor and so that the doctor can uh, make sure that um, that the person is incapacitated and not expected to recover uh, typically uh, you can have a short-term guardianship if they are expected to recover, but for most people, that's not the case. Uh, a, an attorney has to be appointed by the court to investigate, to make sure that the intentions of the family are honorable and proper and that the person does, in fact, need a person to be able to manage uh, the person's property and the estate. Uh, uh, and assuming that all of that is true and you've done that, then you have the family, whoever is appointed the guardian, whether it's the spouse or not, has to have a bond. Uh, and that uh, bond is to cover the guardian, uh, do, you know, having a proper role and doing what they're supposed to do uh, in their fiduciary capacity to cover any personal property, uh, you know, investments, bank accounts, and the like that are in the name or in partially in the name of the uh, person who needs guardian. And then the fun starts. Uh, with a general guardianship, unfortunately, uh, the guardian has to account for every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out and account to the clerk every year and file accountings and have everything approved. And if there's anything major that needs to be done, then you have to petition the clerk to allow you to do it. And, and um, uh, I mean, even this, some of the things that people think they can do, like transferring the house from one to the other, 
cannot be done without a superior court judge's approval to be done. Um, so those kinds of things can be expensive, time-consuming, and really taxing on a family to be able to take care of someone simply because they didn't love their family enough to go to a, a, an attorney to get uh, the right kind of documents done. And, and so you say, okay, well, what kind of documents would help you do that? The general durable financial power of attorney is what allows a trusted person that you appoint to be able to manage your finances, your estate, your investments, your bank accounts, your life insurance, anything that has value to it, it allows them to be able to do that if it's a good power of attorney. The health care power of attorney is what allows a trusted person to make health care decisions for you if you cannot communicate uh, yourself to your doctor. And, and, and I mean by communication, I mean effectively communicate. So, um, and, and uh, of course, a guardian basically en encompasses both roles, a general guardian does. Uh, and in North Carolina, you can also have a guardian of the estate, which is equivalent to the financial agent under the power of attorney, or a guardian of the person, which is equivalent to the agent under a health care power of attorney. So, and then, of course, people who've listened to me know that my recommendation, particularly for seniors, is to have an advanced general durable power of attorney because if you don't have a sufficient general power of attorney, which most people don't have, the lion's share folks have inadequate powers of attorney. And if you don't have one, then you end up with a guardianship anyway uh, in most situations. And so it's the advanced power of attorney that allows you to avoid having to go to court and to be able to do asset protection planning. Most powers of attorney will allow you to pay your bills and sell your property, sell your vehicles, things like that, but they don't give you enough authority to do asset protection planning, which most seniors really want to, to their families to be able to do. Yeah, it's so important, Bill, and I can tell you from experience because I've I've been dealing with this personally myself. My dad didn't have legal documents when he passed away, and I'm trying to get a piece of property transferred and dealing with judges and court orders and it's lawyers. It's uh, it, I, I really wish this had been done in advance because it, it had saved me a, a lot of time, the better part of almost 16 months now, and and a significant amount of money. Well, it is it's unfortunate, and and the fact is that if if you're, it, you can blame your dad because if he had just understood that something fairly inexpensive by getting those documents in advance would have saved you all of this heartache and money because going to court's expensive yes. and time-consuming. And for some folks, they might have lost the ability to sell it to a, the best buyer because of the fact that they had to go to court and it's taken a year to get it done. Absolutely. It's something that you do need to think of, and I can't highly recommend enough that you get uh, your plans in place and schedule an appointment with Bill if it's something that you've been thinking about and putting off. Call the office. Schedule an appointment. 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Or go online to WGALaw.com. we got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about Bill online, wgalaw.com. That's where you can uh, register for next month's seminars. You can find information about the practice areas that Bill uh, fulfills, and you can also meet the team there as well, wgalaw.com. You can listen to replays of this show. You can also catch Bill's podcasts as well. And if you're interested in scheduling an appointment with Bill, you can call 919 Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. We're out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next Saturday at eleven for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF.